0: Hello, you're listening to the What Works Podcast. I am Alex Gary and I'll be the host today because our normal host, Jason Todd, has a Donuts with Dad day. So it's just me and Tracy Shirk from Shirk Consulting, uh, which is based out of Beloit. So Tracy, welcome to the What Works Podcast.
1: Thanks for having me. Tracy. So
0: let's talk a little bit about your expertise. What is, well, let's talk about share consulting. What do you do?
1: Sure. So what we do is we create and we work with organizations to create that HR foundation. What we believe is that every individual has both a right and a choice. And that's important. The choice to come home from work every day fulfilled. And that's both the business owner and that's employees inside of the organization. So we work with them from an HR standpoint to build that infrastructure. Um, from a compliance standpoint and from a culture standpoint.
0: What size companies do you work with?
1: Typically it's smaller companies, 100 employees or less.
0: So, you just you just launched this Uh, the consulting business recently, correct?
1: Yes, we launched in March. So uh,
0: tell us about your expertise. How did you develop uh, the skills to launch your own company?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I have about 15 years in human resources. So I worked 10 years in nonprofit organizations. Um, I built an HR department from the ground up for a nonprofit organization that was a $13 million organization. um, And it had 40 different programs. So what was great about that is that I was working in several different industries. Industries All under one roof. Um, and then from there, I, um, I got my master's degree in public administration. Um, and I also have my SPHR, which is a senior professional in human resources, and then another HR certification. So I've got two of the top HR certifications. And um, and then I also worked for a company that di- worked, as long-term care nursing homes. Um, and from there, I worked in nursing homes to build talent development pathways into and through those nursing homes. Um, in that process, I got my nursing home administrator license, so I'm licensed to run a nursing home, um, which is really great from a consulting standpoint, because it Why? means that when you Why? step into those organizations, <laughs> say, you can really yeah. be...
0: <laughs> I mean, like- you can run a nursing home. That's great because like, we're getting old people and so you're putting them back into jobs. I didn't, it, that just kind of struck me as funny.
1: <laughs> I love it. I know. It's those career paths where you go off on a tangent and you go, yeah, that was not a good choice. However, how can I use that to best serve my clients?
0: So in March, you, you launched your own consulting firm. It sounds like you have a really good resume. Mm-hmm. What was the deciding factor or what were the factors that led you to believe, hey, I can just go out and do this on my own.
1: Yeah, so there was a couple factors. One is the passion that I that I have and that I work with 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 companies is really, yes, it's the HR, it's the compliance side, but it's also building in what is it that makes them want to come to work every day and run their company that mission that why you know and I know the the why of business is talked about a lot but it's not so often built into the infrastructure of the organization especially the smaller businesses so why smaller businesses a um, couple of reasons one with smaller businesses they don't often have the support or the infrastructure or the knowledge to really build that so that they can grow and that that is definitely a passion of mine
0: so we're talking job job attraction job retention that kind of thing
1: that that kind of thing. Um, But then it's also looking at organizational structure. You know, how do I best structure the employees that are inside of my organization, so that they um, are fulfilled in their work every day. So a recent Gallup poll stated that only 13% of today's workforce is engaged. And of those 13%, they are 400 times more productive than the rest of the workforce. That can kill your business if you're not aligning your employees in a way so that they are both engaged and productive, especially in small businesses.
0: Well, I keep reading, and and we have some clients at Thinker that have called and just talked about how they can't fill openings. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is 2018. I think back 10 years ago, and I'm probably making this number up, but it seemed like there was 50 job applications for every opening Mm because we were just hitting the really hard part of um, of the recession. So... How? What kind of, what kind of trends are we seeing within employers, uh, who now have to compete for workers?
1: Yeah, so there's a couple of different things. One is, you know, the unemployment rate is so incredibly low, um, and so with that, if you're just putting ads out on Indeed or those kind of things, you're bringing in those individuals that either aren't working or are dissatisfied with working. And so one of the things that we work with our clients on is developing an ideal client or an ideal employee profile. And what I mean by that is who exactly is it that you're looking to bring into your organization that aligns both with the culture of the organization and the skill set. So often we hire individuals for the skill sets they have and it doesn't work out because of who they are doesn't mean that they're a bad person. It means that they're not necessarily right for your culture. So we're r- really working with organizations to say, who are the right people to bring in? And then we're setting up a lot of things so that we're attracting those individuals. And it's it's much more than going out and putting it on an Indeed job board.
0: So when we talk about job attra- um, attraction, are we talking job fairs? We're we talking about just going to restaurants or places you think your ideal worker would be and just you know you know keeping your ear to the ground to try to find somebody who might be looking for a place or what?
1: Sure, it's an and both. So it depends upon, hey, do you need somebody tomorrow or are we really strategically planning out here's what we need in the next year? And typically when I'm working with employers, it's planning out of what we need in the next year and we're strategically planning that. Um, There's amazing recruitment firms that are out there that can do the ones that you get them in 30 days. That's not our firm. That's not what we do. Um, And it's really setting out strategically what is it that you need and we're building that that pathway into and through your organization so that you as an employer can be that employer of choice because your best employees and hires are going to come through referrals so we're going to work with you to build that um to build that platform
0: you're about five months into the, the consulting firm if you launched in march right because mm-hmm. this we're just finishing up august what has surprised you in these first five
1: months (laughs) so many things um so when i started this i was going in a different direction than really where i thought that i was going to go both from a a structure model and from a pricing model so i mean my pricing model has completely changed the way that i'm attracting clients has completely changed um Developing, you know, an amazing team around me—not necessarily, you know, employees—but um, I am hiring my my first employee starts next week, so I'm thrilled about that. Um, but with that, it's building that team of of individuals that I can refer to because HR is a really, really big field, and there's so many areas of it where you know, I'll get questions about benefits or I'll get questions um, that go really deep into something that isn't, that I'm not comfortable responding to. And so developing that team that I can refer to or that I can call and have a conversation with is incredibly important for both the client um, and to ensure that, you know, my best work is done focused on those things that I'm great at.
0: First thing you talked about was pricing. Mm -hmm. Because if you do the research you see or, or you talk to people in small business, uh, you hear this a lot. You know, When you're starting out, you you price perhaps below where you should because you're just trying to find mm-hmm. work. And then you get uh, pigeonholed or stuck in that because if you get referred by somebody to somebody else and you try to price them where you think you should be, well, well, wait a minute. But this person paid you that. Right. Is that the Was that the issue on pricing or what was your issue on pricing?
1: Well, I think that there was a couple issues on pricing. Um, one was, quite honestly, a confidence issue. <laughs> you know, that, that was definitely it. And once I started standing and here's the amazing value that I offer and I could list that out and got really clear on what my packages were, it was fine. Um, but when I wasn't crystal clear on what my packages were or even had a package, it was just whatever you want. Then that that was the issue. And and I did a lot of work on here's my packages doing a lot of research with clients saying, what is it that you really need? And then how do I present that in a way and then match it with pricing? So it was a lot of research that went into that. And then just being really confident um, and knowing I deliver some amazing, amazing work products. Um, And I and the individuals want to pay me for the amazing work that I do. So I need to, you know, ensure that those two are in line.
0: And talked about building uh, an amazing team. So how did you do that?
1: Um, I did that through a couple different ways. One is just tapping into my current network. Um, And what's been so interesting is when I tapped into my current network, when you ask Most people want to help you. They truly, truly want to help you. But so often we don't ask. So I just started asking a lot of questions, being really curious. I... For the first couple months, I came to Million Cups almost every single week, I think, for the first three months. And that was, it introduced me to a completely different group. It introduced me to some amazing resources that have been instrumental in my business growth. Um, I had a lot of conversations with individuals where I thought would go somewhere and went nowhere with the exception that it got me thinking in a different way, um, and that moved me forward. And so I think what's also important is what your mindset is. And it's not like, oh my gosh, that was a crap meeting, that was a waste of my time. Because there's always 1% of a nugget that can move you forward, and that's incredibly important. Um, And also being persistent.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, one of the stories I tell around here is the reason I'm a thinker is networking. Yeah. I was There's a, a Rockford Social Square that meets uh, the first Thursday of every month at Joseph's. Uh-huh. And I was sub-teaching. I was waiting for a job offer to come through for this one company. Yeah. Um, but they were on a hiring freeze. So I was sub-teaching
1: uh-huh.
0: uh, during the day and, and just trying to scrape up extra contracts at night. So I went to a, a networking event. I was tired. I didn't want to get out of the car. <laughs> um, but I'd driven all the way across town. I was like, all right, I'll get out of the car. And then I go in everybody does their one minute around the table. And I met a person who works at Thinker and he said, well, we need a word guy. So that was three years ago. So, you know, that, that's the story I talk about networking is, you know, you, you really don't know when you're going to make that one connection that just leads to something, right? How often, I mean, how much does the first couple weeks, couple months were you getting out every night or, you know, just basically getting your name out or trying to meet different people?
1: almost every day. I mean, it really was. It was, it was just a lot of networking. Um, And I still do a lot of networking. I mean, I'm definitely plugged into some amazing, amazing networking groups. Um, And through those groups, What's important is that you find the right group that fits for your business. So, you know, the groups that I'm involved in are really geared towards small business, and there we just do an amazing job of supporting each other. Um, going through, you know, brainstorming business problems, but then also, um, we can we can pitch each other's business better than we, you know, as well as we can pitch our own. And so it's always thinking about who can I connect so-and-so with because they do amazing work. Um, and that was another piece of it. There was a couple of trades that happened early on that really allowed me to, to one, practice my craft in a different way um, and really get good at it, but then also take care of some of the key things that I knew I needed that I didn't know how to do so that it didn't suck my time and energy. Bookkeeping is one of those.
0: You said trades. What do you yep. mean?
1: So I traded services with a bookkeeper where I did her. She was getting ready to hire her first employee, so I did her handbook and I did um, job descriptions. I went through the new hire process with her and really coached her through that. And then in exchange, she's doing my books. Ah,
0: oh, that, okay. That's that's an an interesting way to get to get in the door, I guess. Yeah, right? yeah. What are the you know? So let's talk about some of the biggest mistakes companies make when it comes to HR.
1: Yeah, so one of the biggest mistakes that companies make when it comes to HR is not having HR. Um,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Um, I guess that would be right. What's your biggest mistake on the web? Well, I don't have a website. That would be the, okay, that's a problem.
1: Right. And, and for small companies, most of them think, you know, I can, I can kind of wing this. Um, I'm just going to go hire my employees and we're going to go from there. Well, there is so much legality involved with, um, you know, not having an offer letter and not having job descriptions and not having your handbooks um, because those three things really allow you to set up the the baseline that infrastructure for your business and they ensure that you are compliant with both state and federal law um, and in Illinois there's a lot of laws even for employees that just have or for organizations that have one employee so it's incredibly important that you're sharing that information with your staff otherwise if not Nobody knows what the expectations are. They're just going to go do whatever, right? Um, And we always think, you know, I can do everything with a handshake. And I so wish that was the case. Um, But unfortunately, in today's world, that's not. Um, And so having that infrastructure in place protects you, but it also helps to protect your employees because you're saying, here's what the expectations are, and we're going to hold each other accountable for that.
0: So that mistake, is that... You work with companies around fifty employees or less, correct? Mm-hmm. Is that something you find at company from zero to five, zero to fifteen, or all the way up to fifty?
1: It really depends. I mean, it really it really depends. You, you find would it more think, with you would the think smaller... a
0: company that has 50 employees, they, they've had to have been around 10, 20 years. Yep.
1: Yep. And unless you have a startup that truly took off. And the last thing that they're thinking about is HR. They're, they're just adding, adding, adding. Um, the other mistake is companies, let's say they do have 50 employees, 45 employees, and they haven't updated their handbook since 2007. Do you know how many labor laws have changed since 2007? Um, you know, there's personally, qu- no. Yeah, but I mean, th- there's quite a few because they're always changing, um, and and just ensuring that what's in your handbook is what you're actually doing. And that's probably the biggest mistake because what your handbook is and what those individuals signed is essentially law in your organization. And what the courts are going to look at, they're going to say, well, what does your handbook say? And if you're not following what's in there. That's going to be an issue for you as the employer. So, you know, for the employers that are out there listening, you know, take a look at your handbook and say, is everything that's in this handbook, are we truly following it? And if not, then we we really need to take a look at that.
0: Years ago, when I was working at a large corporation, I got put into management at a fairly young age, uh, and didn't like it anyway. um, And I had to actually do the hiring process. Right. Uh, And I remember, so we we were down to three finalists. And one of them had just gotten pregnant. Uh-huh. And so, you know, I, we talked about that. Yeah. And then afterward, I said, well, she's gonna be gone in, in seven, eight months for maternity leave, right? Which is, I think, totally illegal. It is. It is. It is. <laughs> but that, this is that's a huge corporate You're right. In right? this huge corporation, nobody sat me down. I never got any training on how right? you actually. And, and this that's is you a know, huge mistake. I know. And that I,
1: happens all the time is that the individuals don't get the training. And that's one of the things that we do when we work with organizations is, you know, we're, we're doing the work, right? But then we're sitting down and we're actually going through and training. Typically, it's the business office manager that's responsible for the HR functions in a, in a small. Small business, and we actually go through an HR audit with them. We go through a file audit. We go through. We look at their labor law posters. We go through and we do a whole training checklist. You know, what what are the different trainings that are needed inside of your organization? Um, you know, there's a whole management training series that we do with organizations to really ensure that when they do interviews, they're they're following what the law is. That they know the alphabet soup of of HR, because there's a lot of it, you know, ADA, FMLA, I could go on, but, you know, and, and knowing exactly what those are and how they impact the business, because they impact how you do the daily practices. Um, and then it's also going through and looking at what's the record retention, um, because how you, file and keep all of your employee files is also incredibly important. And then when you get down to it, it's, we need to look at the relationship that we have with our staff um, and the relationship that we have with our managers, because at the end of the day, business is built upon relationships and employees stay because of those relationships. So how are we building those to ensure that a, we're in compliance, but B, um, our employees are engaged and productive. Going back to that Gallup poll that we talked about at the beginning of the conversation.
0: When it comes to building the business, are you? Are you, you always have to keep a good business pipeline coming, right? Because yes. if somebody hires you and you do your job well, they don't need you after a while, correct?
1: Well, the way the way that I have set up, you know, the way that I've set up both my contracts and the relationship is that it's an ongoing relationship. So that's something that differentiates a little bit. Is that um, it's really set up as a year contract, and and then we're we're moving them into an employer of choice, which is really that pathway. So the the first year is typically built upon building that HR infrastructure than the second year is really built on ensuring that we have the employees coming in. We're more looking at the strategic things than the tactical things the second year, because now we've got that that baseline. We've trained our staff. Now we're going to work on how do we ensure we've got the staff coming in and staying so that we can grow our business. So that's, that's kind of how we've set that up.
0: Well, the reason I asked that question is because when you get hired, mm-hmm. that means you have to do a lot of work with that organization, spend a lot of time there. Yep. Correct? But then you also, right now you're you're hiring your first person, that means you're also the salesperson. Correct. So how do you balance your time day-to-day between doing your job Mm -hmm. and finding more jobs?
1: Right. Working in the business versus working on the business? Yeah, absolutely. That's been a challenge. You know, it's definitely been a challenge. And one of... um. One of the networking groups actually that I'm a part of, you know, came back to me and said, Hey, Tracy, what if you didn't only create the budget for your finances for the year, but and your goals for you know, the clients and all those things that you want, but you also created a time budget. So you can ensure all three of those align. I'm like, genius. Genius. So that's really what I've done is I've created that time budget. I know that this package takes X amount of time, and then I add thirty percent to it because I know that there's sales involved in it. I know that there's the administrative involved in it, all those things, right? So that's how I've built that out. And you know that thirty percent is what I add to every every package that I have because I know that that's the sales time at the beginning of it as well. And then I've essentially Excel spreadsheet queen here. you know, I, I've laid that out so that I know within my day what that looks like. Now it's shifted, right? So at the very beginning it was almost all the sales piece. Now it's really shifted so that it's much more of the of the client work piece, meeting with clients, following up doing the actual work, which is a beautiful thing.
0: So in your spreadsheet, have you built in like, okay, thirty minutes to go get a latte? No. That kind of stuff. <laughs> no. There's no, no. we're going skydiving today if the weather's good. Uh, we've been we've been rained out twice so that's a jacqueline thing so you haven't built in like okay tracy's gonna go skydiving is that no, true?
1: no but what i do build in because integration and harmony is so incredibly important so how do i harmonize my life with all these different things and how do i integrate i mean i have a young family and ensuring that you know my kids have amazing presence time with me is incredibly important too how, so, how old are they um 11 and 12
0: okay so they're off to school yes they're okay. off to school it's not like tuesday a, tuesday <laughs> they're
1: off to school <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh that's right wisconsin's later yeah mm-hmm.
1: yeah so
0: yeah my daughter has been back to school two weeks yeah
1: I actually i want to circle back around a second because you asked a question earlier um about you know building your business what are some of those things one of the best things i ever did is got an office um quite honestly and so and i'll to get out of the house to get out of the house and i'm going to tell this is a fun story mm-hmm. so um it was the first day that the kids were home from school and um i had a zoom meeting with a prospect this is great a what meeting a zoom meeting What's so a, a zoom is oh, an zoom. online is i it. thought
0: you said zoo and i was like <laughs> okay so is that like a, a sales tactic we're gonna just meet at the milwaukee <laughs> zoo walk around sign the contract I didn't know. Yeah, that's awesome.
1: So a Zoom meeting, which is an online meeting where you can see and hear the other person, but you're in whatever location you're in. So I had a Zoom meeting and it was the first day the kids were home from school. And I gave them like, you know, the thou shall not or, you know, heck's going to freeze over conversation. And I'm in this prospect meeting and my son Ethan comes in the room and my other son hit him over the head with a Nerf gun. And so he comes in the room, and he not just like stands in the room. He sits on my lap and says, "Mom, your work's just more important than I am." <laughs> okay, so you know, really separating both the work from the family was incredibly important, and in drawing that line, um, and what I found is once I did that, my my business really started to take off.
0: Well, there's some research out there that that people who work from home are far less. Um, Productive, right there's just I and also far less happy right? right everybody talks about oh I just want to work from home and do whatever but but th- th- there's an isolation factor
1: there is there is and so I um my my office now is at Iron Tech and and it is a co-working space and it it's the best thing that I could have done
0: uh did you get an actual office space or just renting one of the desks
1: well, they don't have our enough office spaces right now.
0: Oh, so, well, okay. So our next podcast is with Erin Claussen, who yeah. runs Iron Tech. She's coming in at nine. Um, and they're doing these um, shipping container offices. I know. I can't Are, wait. are you grabbing one yes. of the shipping container offices? Yes. Okay. We're trying to talk Jason into one. Yes. Because we, <laughs> we'll see how that goes. <laughs> um, yeah, the um, you talked about setting goals, like mm-hmm. yearly goals. Okay. So shirt consulting. Yes. Five years from now. What's your goal five years from now?
1: Sure. So five years from now, what what our goal is is that we have one that we're you know beyond this area because there's so much that you can do with technology to really support organizations, but also using technology because price point for small businesses, especially under ten employees, is incredibly important. And HR is a function that every business. Has to have. Um, So, one of the things that five years from now that we're really looking at is that there's an infrastructure so that all of your information for small businesses is online with an online community that has built in consulting um, with it. So, that's one piece of it. And then that can be at a lower price point than what we're doing now. Um, So, that's one thing that we're looking at. But then the other thing we're looking at is really building out this employer of choice um, in the talent management side of the business. Business, whereas right now we're really focused on building that HR foundation side of the business.
0: And will Tracy Shirk be doing, you know, all the work in five years? Or will Tracy Shirk have 10 Tracy Shirks sending, you know, that you're sending out to work with different companies?
1: Probably. My goal is 15.
0: 15. Interesting. So. Well, um, thank you very much for getting up early. Usually we, we record these at night, but... We uh we decided to do a couple morning ones. Nice. Thank you for coming in yeah, early. Absolutely, uh, the weather is is good. So, are you off to Beloit now?
1: No, I have a couple different client meetings here in Rockford today.
0: Excellent. Well, good luck with those, and maybe in a couple of years we'll have you back and you can tell us how you you went from zero one employee yourself to ten.
1: That sounds wonderful. Thanks so much for having me today. Thank you.
0: The What Works Podcast is a production of Thinker Ventures. Learn more at thinkerventures.com.